I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Covenant Living Podcast. My name is David Weeder, and I thank you for joining us this time as we pick back up on the biblical principle of the husband being the head of the household and what all that means. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get right into the word. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, give you all the honor and all the glory for the insight, the revelation and the light that you have brought over these last broadcasts into the covenant operation of the husband inside the marriage covenant, what his obligations and responsibilities are as the head of the household, and what that concept actually means. Father, I thank you today for clarity and accuracy of speech and communication, and I'm asking you, sir, to help the hearers hear accurately and precisely. And we thank you in advance for all that we are going to see today in the Word, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, praise God, everybody. I think, I think we are going to wrap up this subject, at least for this time. You never really wrap up this subject, but um, but I think this this podcast will be the uh, the last in this series of three. Uh, at least that's uh, that's what it's looking like right now. Once we get fired up here, there's no telling. But anyway, let's go back to our golden text uh, for this series and Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and let's go back to verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the reverence of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his own body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Glory to God. So, if you've been with us the last couple weeks, uh, we have delved deeply into several aspects in these scriptures. And if you haven't heard 
parts one and two of this series, I encourage you to go back, listen to them. There's no charge, obviously. And so listen to them, study them, go go with us through the Word as we look at various aspects of this. Uh, one thing, for example, as we talked, as the church, even as Christ is the head of the church. If you'll notice, there's actually three times. In verse 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And then drop down to um, uh, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. And then look up again to verse 29. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. So we spent a considerable time in the last broadcast uh, going through how does Jesus love the church. And we saw that he was an advocate, he was an intercessor, he was a mediator for the church. And that is what the husband should be doing as a covering, as a protection, as the head of the wife, even as Jesus is the head of the church. So you have to understand, men. You have been given authority over the wife. However, there is no authority apart from love. Look at this. Think think about this. Your authority over the wife necessitates you using your faith on her behalf. In intercession, in prayer, in supplication... You are using your faith in behalf of your wife. Well, according to the word in Galatians, faith worketh by love. If there's no love, there's no faith. And besides that, the whole scripture in Ephesians, our whole text, talks about your authority being connected and tied with Jesus and the church. Well, Jesus, God, is love, according to Galatians. So, your God-given authority, translate that and meditate it. Your love-given authority does not exist separate from Love. You cannot pray for your wife in some type of a manipulative way, trying to fix her. God, fix her so she can do things for me. Fix her so that she can keep up with the laundry. Fix her so that she can fulfill my needs. That is not out of love. That is out of selfishness. As a matter of fact, that violates what we saw in 1 Peter chapter 3, where he says, Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them. This is 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessels, 
and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Well, when you are, quote unquote, praying a manipulative type prayer, trying to get her fixed to fulfill your needs or to fulfill the, the, the household needs, then you are not honoring her. That is not come out of a place of honor. So by default, your prayers are of no effect. It won't work. But I will tell you something that does work. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'll just touch real quick on verse 8. Love never fails. Okay, so if you want something that never fails, you want prayer that never fails. We already saw in 1 Peter 3 that if you don't, if it doesn't come out of a place of honor, it's doomed to failure. Well, now we see if it comes out of a place of love, it cannot fail. Well, you know, man, you just don't have to be rocket scientists to figure that out, okay? You need to be operating from a place of love. Now, you notice also in Ephesians, in our text, there in verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Couple that with what we saw in Hebrews 7, 1 Timothy 2, 1 John 2, where we are supposed to be even as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it, interceding and advocating and being a mediator for the church. Well, what do you think he's saying over the word, over the church? The word, the word, just like he told us in Ephesians 5, 26. So let's do the same thing where ourselves and our wives are concerned. Supplication for them begins with love and with the word and with making sure that uh, you don't have a beam in your own eye when you're trying to get a splinter out of theirs. No, 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 man. I tell you what, I'll give you a secret here. You can pray and declare the same things over yourself and should as what you pray over your wife. Now, we're getting to that, but I want to, I think it's interesting to note if you back up one chapter in book of Ephesians and go back to chapter 4. Now, this is not specifically regarding husbands and wives, but it is applied to everybody in the body of Christ. And so, let's pick up in verse 26 of Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, 
but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Now, this is a little side issue. You notice that doesn't say, let him work with his hands the thing which is good, so that he can make a living and provide for his family. No, 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 no. This is a whole different subject we'll get into another time. But you are supposed to be living by your giving, not by the labor of your hands. That's just your seed bin. You work with your hands to have to give. And then you receive off your harvest of what you give. Anyway, that's a whole different subject. Let's go on here. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and all wrath and all anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for the anointing's sake, for Christ, for the anointed one and the anointing's sake, has forgiven you. So, that applies even more so to your wife based on what we've seen in Ephesians and 1 Peter. So if we're putting all, we're not letting any corrupt communication out of our mouth and we're putting all of that evil speaking away from us with all malice, what are we supposed to be speaking? Well, we saw there in Ephesians 5 that it's by, the, by washing of water by the word. So let's put the word in our mouths. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Amplified Bible. Now, if you don't have an Amplified Bible, then just listen along and listen to what is said. Okay? Because I want to sh- I'm going to show you a key here. We're going to start in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Now, let me give you a secret. I think it's a pretty well-known secret, so it may not be all that much of a secret, but let me give you a key. You... The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It also says, Peter tells us, that we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. Well, John chapter 1 says that the Word was God, the Word is God. So you can actually say love equals the Word equals God and be biblically correct. But you know what else you can say and be biblically correct? Your spirit is love. It has to be. 
You are born of God, John tells us. You are born of that incorruptible seed. That's what your spirit was born of. So what's the problem? Why do you act unlovely sometimes? Well, because your mind hasn't been renewed to all of these things. That's the process that you're going through right now. Renewing your mind to the Word. But my point is, when you see the word love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8, you have every right to put yourself in there. And then, after you go all the way through there, go back and go through it again and put your wife's name in there. And then go back and do it again and put your child's name in there. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Verse 4 says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Okay. I need to make sure I'm operating out of love. And the Bible says, obviously in Mark 11, you have whatsoever you say. The word also says, even in the Old Testament, declare a thing, decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. So, let have a good confession. You know, Jesus is the high priest of our confession of faith. So let's have a good confession and give him something to work with. So instead of saying love endures long and is patient and kind, let's just go through this. I endure long and I am patient and I am kind. I am never envious, nor do I boil over with jealousy. I am not boastful or vainglorious. I do not display myself haughtily. I am not conceited. I am not arrogant or inflated with pride. I am not rude or unmannerly. I do not act unbecomingly. I do not insist on my own right or my own way, for I am not self-seeking. You see what I'm saying? Put yourself in there. Declare the word. That word, when it talks about he is, he is the high priest of our profession, is actually talking about saying the same thing that he says, which is the word of God. So then you go all the way down through there and you get to verse 8. I never fail. I never fade out. I never become obsolete. That'll help you in your, in your uh, employment as well. I never become obsolete and I never come to an end. And then go right back up there. Put your wife's name in there. In my case, my wife's name is Lynn. Lynn endures long. She is patient and she is kind. Lynn never is envious, nor does she boil over with jealousy. Lynn is not boastful or vainglorious. She does not display herself haughtily. Lynn is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. Because she is not rude, unmannerly, Lynn does not act unbecomingly. Lynn does not insist on her own right or her own way, for it is not, she is not self-seeking. Lynn is not touchy or fretful or resentful. She takes no account of evil done to her. She pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Lynn does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but she rejoices when right and truth prevail. Lynn bears up under anything and everything that comes. She is ever ready to believe the best of every person, including me. I need all the help I can get. 
Lynn's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and she endures everything without any weakening. Lynn never fails. She never fades out. She never becomes obsolete or she never comes to an end. And let me just tell you right now that that will help you. You hear a bunch of just absolute nonsense from hell when you you hear guys talk about, well, you know, I'm just bored with her. She's, she's old hat. You know, there's just no spark there. There's no interest anymore. Bull. You start putting this word in your mouth. She never fades out. She never becomes obsolete. She never comes to an end. And Hoss, let me tell you, you better be declaring that over your own self because, you know, she's looking at you too. And uh, you may not be appearing all that fresh to her either. So put the word in your mouth. Let the water, the washing of water by the word let it go forth out of a place of love and it will never fail you glory to god hallelujah oh, we're out of time again just when we we're getting cranked up good <laughs> i'll tell you what the word of god is so rich it is so rich put the word in your mouth today let it come forth out of this place of love. Go back and listen to these, these podcasts over and over. And don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Put it into action and let it transform your marriage into days of heaven upon the earth that God intended it to be. Well, praise God. I tell you what, this has been a rich time. I've enjoyed it so much. Thanks for coming along and digging into the Word with me. I will see, well, I guess I won't see you through an audio podcast, but I will talk to you next time. And I tell you what, don't forget this. Jesus is Lord.